0: or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. All right, hello, everybody. I'm not checking my texts. Okay. We're going to do something a little bit different this week. Uh Uh-oh, no text messaging. No, I'm not checking Instagram. I'm not doing any of that. But we've got a question this week. That I think is like a doctoral level thesis. I mean, it's people write about this pages and pages. Yeah, yeah. you want me not to talk forever. That's what I'm getting at. I'm going to set a timer, actually, and just see, you know, whatever. But the question for this week is... It's my timer. Okay. (laughs) It's like he's never looked at a phone. All right. The question is, how do we know that the Bible is true and I'm, this, who knows which direction we're going to head off in this, but I'd like us to try to keep it 10 minutes or less and we can always come back to it. Ready, set?
1: One. Ready, set, go. Okay, one of the reasons we know that the Bible is true is because the historical references in the Bible okay. are true. Uh, I'll give you a real simple illustration of one of the best ones. If you look at uh, the Gospel of Luke, mm-hmm. and if you go to... Um, the um, account of the birth of Jesus. We've recently studied that. Verse 1 of chapter 2, In those days, Caesar Augustus, which we know an exact time frame for him, right. issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Well, we know from Roman records about the governorship of Quirinius and the reign of Caesar Augustus, and we have clear... References to those, and we can pretty well hmm. get in the neighborhood of this time. Uh, another great example, if you look at uh, chapter 3 of Luke, yeah. in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, etc. And down at verse 2, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. Well, that is a bunch of solid historical references. Uh, Caesar Augustus died in A.D. four. And this says it's the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, who came to power in AD 14. 14 plus 15 is 29. Mm-hmm. And then you know that Pontius Pilate came to power as governor in AD 26 and reigned through 36. So 29 would hit right in that neighborhood. And then you can go down here to the same thing with Joseph Caiaphas in verse 2. We know right. that about in. Uh, 26 area he became high priest or 27 somewhere in there 26 I think and so it's a very solid historical reference it's yeah. not like long ways away far far away like Star Wars you know yeah. it's, it's it's very solid they're anchoring you into something that's easily verified, verified. yeah that's verified. right and and the places you know Nazareth Bethlehem I've Been to those places and Mm -hmm. walked in those places. Those are real places. Yeah. Um, Some people have tried to deny some uh, things uh, biblically. For example, in the book of Genesis, I have to look up the exact. It's uh, Genesis 23. Okay. When Sarah dies, Uh, it says in verse three. There, read three and three through five. There. Okay. 23, 3 yeah. through 5. Yeah. And Abraham
0: rose up from before his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a sojourner and a foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place that I may bury my dead out of my sight. The Hittites then answered Abraham, Hear us, my Lord. You are a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of tombs. None of us will withhold from you his
1: tomb to hinder you from burying your dead. Okay. Now, so what? Well, the mention of the Hittites mm-hmm. for many, many, many years. Uh, those who took a more naturalistic view of the Bible said, you know, this is just one of those mythologies in the Bible. There's no such thing as an ancient people named the Hittites because they never had found any evidence of it. Yeah. And over the ensuing years, in the last hundred years, we've found jillions of places like in Turkey and down in, in, in the... Mm-hmm. in uh, uh, maybe close to where Abraham came from and other places like that. There's all kinds of cities and and temples and everything from this group of people called the Hittites. Mm. So once again, the Bible was proved to be historically accurate. It was true. Um, The uh, customs, uh, some people have said, well, the book of Genesis doesn't really match ancient customs. You know, like uh, if a person can't have children, he takes his handmaid, and then the you know. Yeah. But there were some ancient clay tablets found at places like Nuzi and Mari, and those clay tablets from the 1800s B.C. showed exactly the same kind of customs you find in the Book of Genesis yeah. in the time of Abraham. So over and over and over again, the Bible has been vindicated as far as historical accuracy and this um, is going way back in history. Oh, this is way back
0: there. Yeah. And this isn't I mean, cuz someone could even say, well, the time of Jesus was, you know, just roughly 2000 years ago. I mean, that's not too bad well, this historically. Is 4 to
1: 5000 years ago. Yeah. 4000 years ago and still finding accuracy. Right. Yeah. And um you know, throughout there's the uh, there's the Cyrus cylinder <clears throat> that uh, talks about Cyrus of Persia uh, Dis, uh, letting go home all of the prisoners that were taken by the Babylonians. Mm. Of course, the Bible says when Cyrus came to power, the Jews were released from captivity went, again. Yeah, that's showing the historical accuracy of what's happened in the Bible. Right. See? And <clears throat> when it comes to uh, Jesus, you know, some people say, "Well, Jesus never lived." Well, he really did because. Uh, Tacitus, who's a Roman historian, a pagan, he mentions Jesus. Uh, Suetonius Tranquillus, a Roman historian from the uh, first and second century, he mentions Jesus and his death under Pontius Pilate like Tacitus does. Mm -hmm. The Jewish historian Josephus mentions Jesus, very detailed description of Jesus. He mentions like 22 Jesuses, but this one Jesus quite plainly was crucified by Pilate, and Josephus says his followers are with us unto this day. Yeah. You know, there's over and over again, we have biblical facts being confirmed. Now, mm-hmm. um, they ask, is the Bible true? Yeah, because well, we that's we one can, aspect of it. That's one aspect yeah. of the Bible. But you have to admit that the story of the Bible, even with its miracle and supernatural, is told in the context of concrete historical facts that have been uh, Confirmed over and over and over again. Yeah, and uh, so uh, it's certainly uh, accurate in in those cases. And um, then you have the idea of testimony. How are we doing on our timer? I think we're at like four minutes. Oh, we're good. Three and a half. So, so once you have, on one hand, you have confirmable historical facts like the ones we've been giving. Okay. Um, on another aspect. You have the testimony of ancient people mm-hmm. that testifies to the legitimacy of some supernatural facts. Okay. For example, the resurrection. Yeah. First um, Corinthians 15 uh, verse three. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. He was buried. Now we can prove historically from Suetonius, Tacitus, Josephus, all these extra biblical sources yeah. that Jesus of Nazareth was crucified during the reign of Pontius Pilate. That's right. a historical fact. That's a pretty easy one to get to. And, and everybody dies, so people don't have trouble with that. Yeah. The resurrection, on the other hand, that's a different matter. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of testimony to the fact of his resurrection. Not only the immediate disciples of Jesus who claim to have seen him, like Acts 2, 32, this Jesus did God raise up whereof we are all witnesses. Yeah. But Mary Magdalene saw him Hmm. and hung on to him. Yeah. Uh, The disciples by the sea, the two guys on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, where I got to and then I had a senior moment and sidetracked. 1 Corinthians 15, (laughs) verse 5, He appeared to Cephas, Mm -hmm. and then to the twelve, and then He appeared to over five hundred brothers at once, of whom the greater part remain alive, but some have fallen asleep. Then He appeared to James, and then to the rest of the apostles. And last of all, as unto a child untimely born, He appeared to me also. That's a lot of witnesses. Yeah,
0: so even at that point in time,
1: He's almost saying, look, if you don't believe me, just go ask. Right. And there were so many people whose testimony corroborated mm-hmm. the testimony of others that they had seen him with their eyes. Then you have people like Paul mm-hmm. who were actively persecuting the church and then made a total three sixty and became the most ardent right. proclaimer of the gospel and his explanation was I saw the risen Lord on the road to Damascus, mm-hmm. you know. And that's that's one that for me especially, even in the times where I've thought,
0: okay, it's hard to wrap my head around something. I look at a guy like Paul. He was not just another fisherman. He was not just another, you know, guy from the country. I mean, he was well read educated, and very well-studied and already believed in the miracles of God from before, but still somehow came about this drastic change in his life, despite, I mean... Killing people. He
1: believed so much against it at one point. Right. So there had to be. That's pretty powerful right there. Right. And then you have, you know, like in the book of Revelation, all the people willing to die for it. Well, why were they so willing to give up their lives if there was no military advantage, no economic advantage, none of these things? It was because, this is what I think you can prove, they absolutely believed Mm. that Jesus was risen from the dead. Yeah. So why did they believe that so strongly if not for the the tremendous testimony of all these people that had actually
0: seen it. Yeah. And so I think we're coming close to, oh, we got fifteen seconds. So kind of as a wrap-up point, I think the part the hard part about this question for a lot of people is they're saying, okay, so maybe that was for them then, they could understand that, they could believe it, they could see it, but today I can't prove those things. I can't go check with those five hundred people so how can I know it's true? Mm-hmm. Is it a fair assessment to say that we
1: have to trust in these other verifiables? Yes, and, and we might do a follow-up on this. But what I would end with is saying that you know we're putting our trust in this testimony. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can follow up. That, is this actual first century testimony? Is there any way to prove that? Yeah, Uh, We've already shown that the Bible is really historically accurate. I think we can give you some things maybe next time about it being scientifically accurate and also that it's legitimate actual first century testimony, not something that came along later. Mm. You know, you get more and more things and pretty soon you say, you know, there really is a lot of reason to believe that the Bible is true.
0: Mm. Yeah. And so this may be one of those that, for some of you out there that are having this exact question in various ways, you may have that, that one thing or those several things that are really tripping you up. Uh, Send them in. Yeah. We can, Because like I say, this is a big question. It's a lot. That's why I tried to keep us on a time frame on this one. Uh, You're the one going over. I am the one going over. But I get to edit them. So <laughs> we'll see you all again next week. Thanks again for listening to these weekly conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.